Praise God. Well, let's look at Ephesians 5, verse 17 this morning. God is so good. Ephesians 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another, in the fear of God. Verse 18 says, Do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. To be filled with the Spirit. 1 John 4, 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So I want to talk about being full of the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, and some different aspects about that. Um, we have the Spirit of God on the inside. If you're born again, you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you, but you can have the Spirit of God on you. There is a baptism in the Holy Spirit. The initial evidence is, is speaking in tongues. But I want to just talk about the different aspects of being full of the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, um, and, and focus on that a little bit, staying full of the Spirit. Jesus, if we look at Luke 4, verse 1, so there is being filled with the Spirit, with the evidence, the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. We're going to touch on that, and that is a way that you do stay full, but I want to, I want to talk about it kind of holistically and talk about the, 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 the um, state of being full of the Spirit and some aspects of that. And then, you know, we'll just uh, get into some of these things a little bit. Luke 4, verse 1, it shows Jesus. It says, then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. So it says he was filled with the Spirit, returned to the Jordan, and then he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And there the devil tempted him. Side thought, could you ever be led somewhere where then you would end up being tempted? Evidently, the Bible says that Jesus was led into the wilderness, but there the devil came and, and put pressure on him. But notice verse 3, the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command the stone this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And then it goes, and we're not going to take time to read the whole passage. But Jesus was being tempted by the devil. The devil was pressing on him, and Jesus came back to him with the word and resisted him. But notice, Jesus came in full of the Spirit. Now, Jesus, uh, John 3, 34 says, For, uh, for he would... Um, for he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. God does not give him the Spirit by measure. Talking about Jesus. This is John the Baptist talking about Jesus. Jesus had the Spirit by me without measure. Okay, we have the Spirit with measure. So in other words, we don't have unlimited. Jesus walked in all five of the ministry offices. The apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. He, he uh, walked in an anointing without measure, and the Spirit of God was on him. You see the only gifts, you see all the gifts of the Spirit operating in Jesus' life, the only gifts of the Spirit you don't see in the time before um, Jesus went to be on the cross and the Holy Spirit came was um, tongues and interpretations because those are distinctive to this dispensation. But Jesus was filled with the Spirit. He operated as a man anointed by the Spirit of God to do what he did. So it's talking about being filled with the Spirit. You see a twilight in between the two covenants. When the old covenant is going out, the new covenant is coming in, different things are happening that are kind of in, in both areas. And so Jesus was... Um, 
have the Spirit without measure, but it still is talking about him being filled with the Spirit, being full of the Spirit of God. Notice he was challenged and he came back and met the challenge because he was full of God. He was full of the Spirit. He was ready. And so being filled with the Spirit, being full of the Spirit is important for us to walk and do every walk in the plan of God, to fulfill the plan of God, Jesus was being tempted to get off track of the plan of God in this instance. The devil was coming to him, and it was a real temptation. And he, and later in that passage, he says, he shows him all the kingdoms of the, of the earth, and he says, I'll give these to you if you bow down and worship me. That was a real temptation. That means the devil has the authority to do that. He is in control of a lot of this stuff. And, but what he really wanted was Jesus to worship him. And if it wasn't a real temptation, the Bible wouldn't have said it was a real temptation. Jesus was walking in the flesh. The Bible says he was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. He was pushed. He was tempted. But he was ready. Why was he ready? He's filled with the Spirit. He's full of the Spirit of God. Let's read Acts verse 5. It says, when it came to pass on the next day that the rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, as many as who were uh, of the family of God of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. So what has happened when we pick up in Acts 4 is that Peter and John prayed for a layman, commanded to be healed in the name of Jesus, and so all the religious leaders are, are up in arms about this. So they're mad, which is typical when the Spirit of God moves, the religious people get mad. So just watch it because there is a move of God that is, that is rumbling right now. And so we want to be people that jump in, that are ready. We don't want to resist. And even if it doesn't look like what we think it should look like or what we've seen in the past, we want to discern the Spirit of God and go and flow with Him. Okay, Don't be one of the ones that are stuck on the sidelines. Because, that, because we're thinking, well, that's not our way or our group. No, there is no. It's God's way. Amen? Verse 7, when they had set them in the midst, they asked. So they brought Peter and John and said, by what power, by what name have you done this? So these guys are grilling Peter and John. And again, this is a temptation. This is pressure. This is the society that they've been a part of coming and putting pressure on them and saying, what are you doing? It says, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to go, I'm going to touch on a few other things right now. I want to you know, put this, put this together. It's talking about him being filled with the Spirit and he's going to answer these people. I'll read some of this, and then I'm going to, to touch base on a few things as we're going into this. It says, Then Peter, filled with the Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to, the helpless, to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well... Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, <laughs> just threw it in their face, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, who has become the chief cornerstone, nor is salvation by any other, for there is no other name under heaven by which, uh, given among men, by which they must be saved. So it starts out saying, Peter stood up, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. So being full of the Holy Spirit is going to be full of God, is going to be full of, of the power and spirit. God is in us, but that means you're, you're ready. You're up, you're in touch. You know you could have something and not be using it? I mean, how many of don't, you don't have to raise your hand. I mean, how many of you have things in your apartment, in your home that you haven't used for more than a year, two years, three years, four years? Can I get five years? Ten years? Can I get 15? No, if, we, if you've been around, you accumulate stuff. It's, you know, and it, it, it's one of those things. Some people... You know, they have different approaches. Well, if you haven't used it for a, year, for a year or if it doesn't really bring you joy, throw it away. Easier said than done. 
number one, you got to go put your finger on it and, and take that time and look through it and get to that point. But, you know, sometimes you're like, well, but it's not totally sentimental, but I could see using it. And so you hang on, but you're not using it. You're not using it. You have it, but you're not using it. Well, there's a whole lot of things in the body of Christ. What we have in Jesus is everything that's been promised, everything that's been stated in the Word of God, but you can you cannot be using it. You cannot be walking in it. You cannot be flowing with it. And so when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, staying full, I'm talking about staying full, you, you are able to flow with Him. You're going, otherwise, it's just you. See, we're supposed to be conduits of God. You're supposed to be flowing with Him. You know, everything, when we talk about ministry, when we talk about be, you know, uh, going into all the world, you're going into all the world in Christ's authority, in His stead, doing what He would do if He were here. But it's, it's His power, by the power of the Holy Spirit that's flowing through us, ministering to people, serving people. It's supposed to be by His strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So if, if, if we're not full of Him and not connected, if we're not uh, aware and ready then it's just you. Then it's just me. Well, as good as you might be or nice as you may be, that's not the same as it being God. So we want to be vessels and ready vessels that He can flow through, that He can minister to, that He can love through. If you're filled with God, you're going to be filled with love because God is love. You're going to flow in love. You're going to be bold you're going to be ready. You're going to be insightful. You're going to be uh, led by God. Now, let's just, we're going to read some other um, aspects of this. Praise God. We believe in you, believe in with me that God's helping us. Now, let's look at Acts 2.4. Now, let's go back here and just look at a few scriptures because I, I want you to read, as you're going through this, you, you got to know, uh, can you also, before we go, I want to read this. Um, can you put Acts, before we go to Acts 2-4, can you go to Acts 1-8? Uh, or Acts 1-4 through 8? What, Acts 1-4 through 8, if you can put that up. And we'll read that before we go to Acts 2-4. It says, being assembled with them, this is Jesus, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. So this is, this is before, um, that. this is after Jesus uh, has been resurrected, before he leaves. But the disciples are with him, but he doesn't tell them immediately, go out and start preaching. He says, being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard, go ahead, from me. Next slide. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Next slide. Therefore, okay, so then they ask a question about, are you going to restore your kingdom? Go ahead, the next one. We're not going to take time on that. Next one. And then, uh, and he says, it's not for you to know. Verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Go back to that slide again. You shall receive power. So he said, you, you need to wait for the gift of the Father that's going to come. And then he said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, to Judea, in Samaria, all the ends of the earth. So he's saying you have to wait for something. You're not doing it of your own strength. Okay, he was there. Jesus didn't say, okay, I, I'm raised from the dead. You go. He didn't do that. He said, wait. So now if we skip down, they had all come together and they're in one room. And um, we're not going to take time to go through all that. But uh, if you read further in chapter one, all the disciples have come together. They're in an upper room. That means everybody, all the 12 disciples, all these other disciples. The, it says Mary, the mother of Jesus, was in this room. 
All the, all, the, all the disciples were there. And then in verse uh, Acts 2, verse 4, so go ahead and put that up. It says, They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them other, utterance. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So they waited, and this was to the day of Pentecost. So after, it's 50 days after resurrection, the day of Pentecost comes, and it that, when that came, the Spirit of God descended. If, if the, the verse is right before it said He descended on them, and it looked like fire sitting on each of them. And then in verse 4 here, they began to speak with other tongues. It says there was a sound as of a rushing mighty wind. Go ahead and just put up the verses before that, Acts 2, uh, 1 through 3. And we'll put that up just so you can see it. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. So they're waiting. Jesus is resurrected. They're not going out yet. They're waiting. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Next one. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And then, so they are, they're waiting. They're in one accord. That means they're in unity. They're in, uh, in, a, in a room. They're all together. They're spiritually hooked up. There is power in that. Okay, when we come together and we're in unity, it's so important. It's, we're going to get into this, I believe, I, some of these things I'm uh, touching on. But when we come together and we're not just coming to church, because you know we're the church. The church is gathering. When we come together face to face like this, and you come, I'm getting ahead of myself because this is really what we're going to get into, but you see an example of it here. They're coming, and they haven't even been endued with power yet, but they made, they made it ripe to be endued with power for this to happen. They came together. When we come together, not just to come to church to go, okay, it's time to come or it's time to serve, but we come ready and we come uh, in love. We come in unity. We come not just to be ministered to, but to minister and to, to bless people. You, you come in a, in a way it creates an atmosphere for God to move. So they, they are all there. Then there's a sound as of a rushing mighty wind. Then there appeared to them uh, divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. Next verse. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay? So all of them, this says they all, were filled with the Holy Spirit, and we see here, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit Gave them utterance. So that means everybody. That means Mary, the mother of Jesus, was speaking in other tongues, which blows somebody people's minds. They don't see that. Like what? No, everybody, all the disciples, they were all there. They're all. Everybody say all. All. Okay, all the disciples, they're all speaking with other tongues. So it's not a fringe thing. Literally everybody that wrote, you know, all the Bible, uh, the, the, the books that we have, which were letters, in the New Testament, they were all tongue talkers. They all spoke with them. This is not a side thing. This is what Jesus told people to wait for. So I what I really want to know, so we have, and I'll, I'll, we'll see how much we get into this, but we have whole messages on this where we go in depth on, on all these things. Uh, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. If you just... Put that into the search engine, or if you, we'll send out the link in the email. Uh, put that in the search on our website. There's a couple messages that come up that we go detail, line upon line, all the things about being filled with the Holy Spirit and all the different examples in the, the Word of God about uh, how people were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the initial evidence, and this is why I'm mentioning this, is because we're talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. But in the Word of God, when somebody is initially filled... The initial evidence is speaking in other tongues. You guys got really quiet there. That's all right. Initial, the initial evidence. That means as people are filled with the Holy Spirit, they're, they, the an evidence that they are 
is that they speak in other tongues. They speak in a tongue that's, that they don't know, they, that they're not trained in. Read a couple other scriptures. 1 Corinthians 14, 18. You put some of those other scriptures that are down there. I thank, this is Paul, the Apostle Paul, uh, writing to the church at Corinth. He says, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. He, he wrote majority of the letters in the New Testament. This is the man that wrote it, and he said, I speak with tongues more than you all. The, the, the Bible, what people are looking at, all denominations when they're reading it, they're reading somebody that's saying, I speak with tongues more than you all. So this is not a fringe thing. This is core. It says in 1 Corinthians 14, 4, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Edifies means to build up, to build up, to build up, to build up. So when you're speaking with other tongues, you're building yourself up. What are you building up? Your spirit man, the real you. So the, the uh, initial evidence of being filled with the spirit is, is speaking in other tongues, but you, you keep on, if we go, um, can you keep where you are there, but jump back up to that first verse, Ephesians 5, verse 17. We'll actually go to verse 18, but all the way back up to the top. It says, do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. That word filled, it, it gives the connotation, be being filled. Be being filled. In other words, you're continually filled. In other words, it's not a one-time thing. Well, if you're continually filled, that means you could not be filled. Right? You could be drained. You need to maintain it. So when we're reading these, we're going to get back to reading some things we just read about Peter and John. We, told, we read about Jesus is in a class by himself. Jesus was filled. He was in the, uh, had the anointing without measure. And so he's our example that we want to be like. In the, but, but when he came, he told his disciples, now you, you wait for the power. You wait for something. And so that came upon us, upon the disciples, and then subsequently upon us if we'll receive it, when that happened in Acts, that power came so that we could act like Jesus. Without that, you're not going to be able to do what he did. We don't have the Spirit without measure. The whole body of Christ has the, the Spirit. Jesus walked in the class by himself. He was all of it at once. We together, the Bible says we'll do his works and greater, but we need to, to be flowing with him, and it's got to be by the power of the Spirit. It's not by the flesh. It's not by our personality or anything like that. So we are, are to, to be filled with the Spirit, and the Bible says that initial evidence, we're not going to take time to go through all the different parts of the, the, the different times in the Bible, but when you look at the five times where it shows people being filled with the Spirit, it's either directly said or implied that they spoke with other tongues when they were filled. You see here, uh, or excuse me, in Acts 2.4, they were filled with the Spirit and they spoke with other tongues. And then in each of the other instances, they, it was either implied that they spoke with other tongues or it directly said. And so you see, biblically, the examples are, if you're filled with the Spirit, you speak in other tongues as the evidence. Otherwise, people are like, well, I'm filled, but I don't speak with other tongues. That's not the Bible way. Now, there are a lot of instances, instances where it talks about that, like Peter and John, they were filled with the Spirit and they answered. So the initial evidence of being filled with the Spirit was speaking with other tongues, but then they maintain it. Then they were being filled. So over time, they maintain it. So then it says they're full. They're filled with the Spirit. Well, they're maintaining it. So we're talking about, actually, it's one and the same thing, but people say, well, see, it says they're filled with the Spirit here. They're filled with the Spirit here. But it's not talking about them being uh, filled or speaking other tongues. If you look at when people were initially filled, it talks about that. How one of the ways you maintain being filled with the Spirit 
is to speak in other tongues and to keep a vital. You're, you're speaking in a tongue which you don't know. You're, the Bible says when you, that your spirit prays. Do I have that? Yeah, I have that. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 14, near the end, if you jump down there. It says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What does that mean? You pray in a tongue, your mind is going, what are we doing? What, what, what are we doing here? You shut your mind off. And see, that's when people are saying, well, it's, it's your mind. Of course, your mind, it, your mind is articulating your, your lips and your, you know, your brain is functioning to a degree. But if you'll know, if you're filled with the Spirit and you pray in other tongues, you can be praying in other tongues and your mind is fully functional. You can do, you can be praying in other tongues and be working. I did it all the time. As a software engineer, I could be praying in other tongues in the background, listening to music. Like, you know, I would often listen to when I'm doing that type of work, I would listen to piano music and stuff so it didn't have a lot of words, but I would listen to words then, you know, when I, uh, as well, healing scriptures and things like that. But you could be doing fully, art, very articulate, involved work and be praying in the spirit. If your mind's involved, you can't do that because your mind can't be in two places at once. But it's, your, your mind isn't praying. It's not jibber-jabber coming out of your mind. Your spirit is praying. It's unction out of your spirit that, that, that you're praying. Well, that the Bible said that we read that our place in, in Corinthians that you're edifying yourself. What are you doing? The word edify, it's like charging a battery. You're charging yourself up. What is that? You're filling yourself. You're filling yourself up. You're... you're you're being full of the Holy Spirit. You're maintaining being filled in the Spirit. And some of us, I'll tell you right now, there, there's a dryness. If there's a dryness in your life, start speaking in other tongues. Start speaking because you're building, you're building yourself up. When you feel worn down, like there's a physical wear down, but there's a, just a spiritual drain. It could be mental fatigue. But spiritually, you're to be, you don't just get filled with the Spirit and that's automatic, good for the rest of your life. You know, it's like, you know, membership, you're stamped, you're good. No, this is something you have to maintain. You have to, your spirit, your spirit is alive and well. But you can be more or less hooked up with your spirit. In other words, you can be, like we talked about, there's things that you can have that you don't use. You can be filled with the Spirit. I'm talking about with initial evidence of speaking in, in tongues. In, in other words, you were initially filled, but then not doing anything with it. You could like, I haven't spoken in tongues in, in uh, a year or, or more. And that means when, when you're not doing that, you're, you're not partaking of something vital that's building you up and it's getting you connected. When you speak in our tongues... It says your spirit prays. That means by speaking in other tongues, by definition, you have to hook your mouth up with your heart, which is your spirit. Did you hear me? So you have to get that reconnected then. You start speaking in other tongues, you're connecting with your heart. And so you, 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 it, it, it uh, dominates your mind. You're, you're, you, you, you disconnect your mind and your thoughts from your mouth and you get it hooked up with your heart, well, you're hooking back up with the Spirit of God and you're shutting your mind down. And so the world doesn't understand this. And of course, has there been excess? Has there been pe people do weird stuff? Of course there has. People do weird stuff with everything. You know, it's not just Christians that do weird stuff. People do weird stuff. You know, stupid people tricks. Just go look on YouTube. People do weird stuff. So it's no, it's, it's, no, it's no surprise that people would do weird stuff with the things of God and get weird. But that doesn't do away with the real. We're reading the Bible. It says every single person that was a disciple of Jesus was in the upper room and they all spoke with other tongues. Does it say it or not? Is it real? Pa Paul said, I speak with tongues more than you all. This is the man that wrote this by the Holy Spirit, the majority of the letters that the church world is reading, some of whom will, will say there's no such thing as speaking in tongues, and what they're reading, the guy was filled with the Spirit and maintain it by doing exactly what they say doesn't exist. In fact, the words we're reading, he wrote, by the Spirit of God. 
okay, so then the world uh, can mock stuff and you know, blah, 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 you just say it's made up. Just because somebody doesn't understand something spiritual doesn't mean it's not true. I mean, the Apostle Paul was speaking in other tongues more than anybody. Okay, do we believe that he was used by God, and do we believe the Bible's, the letters he wrote are the Bible or not? So then we see the disciples being filled. So then, yes, there's a mind thing, and then there's a spirit thing. And if, if we're going to just go by what our mind can understand, let's stop right now. You don't understand. We understand so little of the universe that we're in. We're learning more all the time, but we don't. We know so little. You can't understand the things of God with your mind. You have to take them by faith. And so, yeah, there's, there's been excesses. Yeah, there have been people that go off the deep end. Yeah, there have been people that get weird with stuff. And you know what? For every revival, every time there's a move of God, there's going to be a temptation for people to get weird. Okay? And so that can kill it. That can kill things when people get weird. It, but... There also, we can't be afraid of people doing those type of things because there, we have to let what God is doing flow and then deal and manage things. If there are excesses, you teach, you deal with it. But if you try to quench everything, it, nothing's going to happen. And so there, already, there always are excesses with these things. But that doesn't do away with the real. I don't know about you, but I want the real. Is, you know, do we believe God is real or not? Do we believe the Bible says what it, 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 believe, it means what it says or not? So here it says, Acts 4, or 1 Corinthians 14, 14. You put that back up. For if I pray in a tongue... My, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. In uh, the Amplified Classic, it says, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, the spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays, but my mind is unproductive, it bears no fruit, and it helps nobody. So your mind is going, this is weird. What are you doing? That's normal. You say, shut up, mind. I'm not listening to you. I'm, I'm going to do what the Spirit of God I, I'm, I'm praying through him. I'll put this in too. I mean, I, we're not going to go totally into depth in this, but just because something sounds weird to you does not mean it's not true. Anybody ever listen to a, a, a natural foreign language you don't know? There's dialects that sound really different. Does that mean, oh, it's just false? I mean, there's a whole lot of languages. In fact, majority of languages in the world, except English, that I know a little bit of German, know a few words in Spanish, you know, burrito, taco, things like that. <laughs> que pasa, you know, I, I don't know very little like that. Took, took a few years in German in high school. But majority of languages in the world are, I, 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 I can't tell you what people are saying when they're talking. I'm a, I have a background in software engineering, and I guarantee you, when you boil everything down, not guarantee you, it just it is it is this way. Everything and you boil it down is all ones and zeros. All software, all hardware, it comes down to the ones and zeros that are really a transistor is on or off. The one is on, transistor or a zero is off. And and that's what all the software, all the apps, everything you use, when you boil it down, that's what the hardware is understanding is ones and zeros. If you try to look at the ones and zeros, it looks like nonsense to you. But if you boil it down and translate it up through the different layers, it becomes, here's your phone that you're using, and you can and understand it. Does that mean because you look at the ones and zeros, they're not valid? They're running everything that you use technology-wise in the world. Well, the Spirit of God is real, and He gives unction in a tongue that you will not understand with your mind. That doesn't mean it's false. It may sound funny to you. So what? You ever heard a baby start talking? It sounds funny. And when somebody's initially filled, they might say two syllables. It might sound like a baby talking. Why is that surprising? I don't know one child ever that started talking in full sentences, you know, at nine months or a year. They may be delayed and start talking in full sentences, but they should have been doing it years before, right? Well, when we're learning, uh, you can, the more you, you speak in tongues, the more you flow with God, the, the more articulate you will get. And it doesn't matter anyway. I use this example, even if it doesn't sound any different. Again, 
you can build anything software and technology wise with just ones and zeros, basically two syllables. It's how they're put together. And that's literally every piece of technology you know, it's just then these syllables mean this and it builds up and builds up to where you can run any kind of software. So it, your mind is not uh, active. Your mind is like, this is stupid. And that's why when people are purely intellectual, they'll be like, that's dumb. Those are crazy people. No, that's ignorance. That's like looking at somebody that speaks a different language going, they're dumb. They're crazy people. No, they're just saying something you don't understand. Maybe we should be humble and be like, maybe I don't know everything. That should not be a surprise to us. <laughs> we should know we don't know everything. Maybe there's a realm beyond what we know. And so that's why we have to let the Bible be our guide. Now, if you look at, um, let's go back to Acts and look at Acts 4, verse 29. So when we're talking about being filled with the Spirit, I wanted to put these things in because being filled with the Spirit is you do, you're initially filled and you initially speak with other tongues, but then you have to maintain that. And as you're filled with the Spirit, then these other things come into play. These other, these other areas that we're reading about, there's different aspects that come from being filled with the Spirit. We read one. Peter and John, they were filled with the Spirit, and they were bold in the face of persecution. Okay? So these different parts, we want to be filled with the Spirit. You need to know how to be filled with the Spirit initially so that you can continue to be filled with the Spirit. So you can continue to flow in the Spirit. You know, being filled with the Spirit, you walking in love... And being connected, see, it, it, just as a side thing, you walking in love is going, if you're, if you're yielding to your spirit, see, God is a spirit, God is love, and so if you yield to your spirit, you're going to walk in love. And so if you don't walk in love, that's going to affect you being filled with the spirit. You can talk in tongues all you want. If you're going to act out of love, you're not going to be, hey, I'm filled with the spirit. That's going to drain you. Okay, so there's more than that, but a key thing is, be, is speaking in other tongues. But it's flowing with God. It's being quick to obey God on the inside. It's, be quick, it's being quick to do what He said. So let's go to Acts 4, verse 29. So we read where Peter and John came before the council there, and it says they were um, filled with the Spirit, and they answered them. Here, now they've gone back to their own company. Here it says that, that their, it, earlier it said their own, in, in the New King James it says companions. I like what it says in the, the King James. It says they came to their own company. That means their own people. That means like here. They were persecuted and they came back to people that believed like them. And so in verse 29 it says, so they've been praying. It says they came before, they're in unity, they pray together. And so it says, now Lord look on their threats because they were being persecuted. They were being pressed. It says, and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word, talking about themselves, by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy child Jesus, or holy servant Jesus, in the New King, or King James it says child Jesus. Verse 31, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So they're, they're speaking together. They're praying together. That's why speaking in their tongues is one way you can be filled with the Spirit. You're coming together, praying with people. They're being filled with the Spirit of God. Notice, these in, this includes the people that were there on the day of Pentecost that were all filled with the Spirit. Here it says they were filled with the Spirit. So you can be continually filled with the Spirit. Right? So here they're all filled with the Spirit. Notice it says, then they spoke, or they spoke the Word of God with boldness. Because they're filled with God. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. They're filled and edified and built up and so they're not intimidated. Even in, the, in, in the, the face of pressure, societal pressure, to shut them down, they're saying, you know, Peter and John were like, is it better that we listen to you or God? Well, they're, see, they're bold. They're, they're, they're full of God. Acts 6, verse 1. We're going to read a few more just um, incidents through Acts. Let's, um, for the sake of time... It says, uh, I'm just going to 
say what was going on, then we'll skip down a few verses. But there was um, the, the uh, widows and different people that were being uh, taken care of because everything was held in common. They weren't being taken care of with the food distribution. And so the, the disciples said, hey, we, we don't want to leave the word of God and do this. So let's appoint people over this business so that this can be taken care of. And I want you to notice verse 5. It says then, the saying pleased the whole multitude to appoint people over. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. And then it says the other people. Notice, he says, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. He's full. That means he's walking in something. That means he's staying built up. That means he's ready. And so he was chosen. Notice that, that they chose him and these other people, because it said people that were um, full of the Spirit, back in verse 3. Actually, can you go back to verse 3? Because it says this when they were talking about who dyslexia. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. So people that they walk, they walk full of God. They walk not depleted, they walk full. And, and so then it says, you know, they, they chose Stephen and these other men obviously fit the bill. And then if you skip down to verse 7, it says the results of what happened. It says, then the word of God spread and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. So what was the result? People being full of the Spirit of God, filled up, able to do work in serving. Notice they were doing this work. It seems like natural. They're taking care of distributing food. But notice what happened. The Word of God spread. Don't ever discount what you do for God. Every part is important. And there is no small part in the kingdom of God. Our attitude should be, I'm here to serve whatever you want me to do. You want me to do that? You want me to clean the toilets? You want me to run this? You want me to beat at the door? What? You want me to work with the kids? Whatever. Because it's all enabling the word of God to go forth. And to do any of it, you ideally, can you just do it and get by? Of course you can. It's not going to be well. But ideally, and the way it ought to be done, is you're full of the Spirit. You come in full of the Spirit. You don't come to gather together. You know, if you're volunteering, you don't come in dragging and just hope that, you know, well, I'll get something here. No, you, we come ready to serve full. And then we pray together. You know, our volunteers, we get together um, early before service, and we're praying together. That's just bringing our corporate anointing together and further getting ready, praying and joining together. But that's not the time you're supposed to be filled up. That's the time we're just primed. We're just ready. You, you come in full. You're praying on the way in. You're ready. You're ready to, to serve in whatever way. You're going to open that door the best way anybody has. You're going to greet those folks. You're going to run the cameras. You're going to run the video. You know, you're going to serve in children. It's not like, oh, good night. I have to serve in the children. I've served in children. I understand. It wasn't my calling. I didn't want to at times, but I, it was a time I did it. There are people that are anointed and called and very much a blessing to do it. And so when you don't come in going, oh, I have to do that. You come in, man, those kids are going to be so blessed today. Do you understand when you're serving like that, you are putting into a child, it will affect them the rest of their life. You're sowing seeds. You are serving the Almighty, His little children, very precious to Him. So you serve when you're serving in any capacity to be filled with the Spirit. It enables you to do your job well. And do it in the, the ministry of the Spirit of God. Acts 7, verse 54. It says, When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at, at them with their teeth. But he, being full of the Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. This is Stephen, who had said earlier, when he, he, was, full of man, he was a man full of faith in the Spirit, they martyred him. <laughs> now, he laid his life down. But it says... He was being killed. He was full of the Spirit. They were gnashing their teeth at him. They were stoning him. He was full of the Spirit, and he gazed in the heaven and saw the glory of God. It says, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, Lord, I see, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. In the middle of being martyred, he's so full of the Spirit of God that he's seeing Jesus, and he is not moved. 
So he is so full of God, he just fell asleep, went right over into the uh, to glory. Acts 11, verse 19. You guys take just a little more and wrap up some of these uh, scriptures. Acts eleven nineteen says, Now, let's see how much of this we want to read. So I'm just going to skip down to verse 22. This is talking about Barnabas. But I wanted you to see something else. Then news of these things. So uh, there was a lot going on. Great number believed and turned to the Lord. Verse 22. Then news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. And they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad. And he encouraged them all that. Uh, encourage them all that with the purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. So notice Barnabas is full of the Spirit, full of the Lord, and he comes, and what does he do? He's an encourager. He comes and he encourages people, and people were added to the Lord. But notice, you know, some people think they're full of God, and they're just negative all the time. They think they're so close to God, yet they have a critical spirit. They're, they're pointing their finger at different things. That's not, you're not full of God. You're full of something, but you're not full of God. If you're full of God, you're walking in love. You're, you're an encouragement. You're a help. Some people are like, well, you know, they're not a help. Some people, they, they think to an organization, they come and like, well, I only do certain things. You know what the best the best attitude is when you're coming to God, it's just the way the psalmist said, man, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to be in the highest, you know, position with the wicked. The best attitude when you're full of God, you're like, whatever you need. You need me to do that, that, that. I'm here. I'm, I'm full. I'll go here. I'll go there. Whatever you need, because I just want to serve the Lord. I am full. You're an encouragement to those around you. You are a blessing. You're not taking from people. You're putting into people. You're walking around and, and you're, you're an edifier. You're, a, you're building up because that's what God does with us. Let's look down in Acts 13. Well, I would, let's see, this part, I want to just, we'll skip through this. So Barnabas and Saul are dealing with this sorcerer. And so Saul comes into contact with evil. This is when he was called Saul. So this, um, this sorcerer, now we'll, we'll go, let's go to verse 8. This sorcerer is trying to cause a ruckus. But Elimus the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the face. So he's trying to interfere with this man coming to Jesus. Verse 9, then Saul who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him, and then he started speaking and said, Oh, you full of deceit and fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness. And then he gets in his face and rebukes him. And this is some guy that's right. He's a sorcerer. He's rising up. And Paul didn't blink. Paul is full of the Spirit of God and just gets in his face. So if you're dealing with evil, if you're dealing with the things, that you will see these things manifest in the earth. And probably more and more. You, want, you don't want to go in just you just being you and being sassy and not be full of God. You want to be full of the Spirit of God, and you, we need to know, yes, we have authority, but the authority is not our own. We stand in the Lord Jesus' authority, and so when we deal with evil, we deal with it in His authority, not like, well, I'm somebody because I've heard it. You'll get, you'll get knocked upside the head that way. It's not you. It's not me. But Paul, see, it says he was filled with the Holy Spirit, so he didn't have, he didn't have to deal, or you didn't have a problem dealing with a sorcerer. Don't, don't make a big deal about the devil. And don't make it like, ooh, a sorcerer, ooh, magic. The Bible says in Galatians, those are all works of the flesh. Don't be like, ooh. That, no, make a big deal about God. I don't care if you get a thousand witches and warlocks against uh, the person of God. They are nothing before the name of Jesus. 
So don't don't make a big deal. Oh, they're into magic. Yeah, okay, they're they're being stupid. If it tries to come near us, you deal with it in the authority of God. But you need to be full of the Spirit. You don't go like seven sons of Sceva and go in just like, whoa, you know, I'm going to do this too, and you're not ready. No, you don't make you don't make light of it, but you, you don't make heavy. I mean, you don't make a big deal about the devil, but you don't make light like, oh, it doesn't matter. No, that's arrogance. going to look at one more. Acts 13, verse 49. It says, uh, and the word of the Lord being spread throughout all the region, or spread through all the region, but the Jews stirred up the devout and prominent women, the chief men in the city, raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from the region. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them and came to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Notice that. So they, they kept pushing on through trouble, but notice they kept moving on. And then it says the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. If you're filled with God, if you're filled with joy, you are not sad. Well, I'm just so full with God. I'm just so close to God and all these things, they really trouble me. It really just grieves my heart. And so I'm just, uh, uh, you know, I'm, you're depressed. That is not God. God is not sad. Could stuff grieve you? Yeah, but you know God and you know what's happening at the end, and so you're still joyful. If you're full of God, you come onto the scene joyful. You, you are ready, and you're, you can be happy. Don't, it doesn't mean you, 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 know, you are inconsiderate and throw stuff in, in people's faith, face, you know, but you, um, I'm saying, you know, if some, there are times, you know, if somebody's grieving, that's not the time to go, oh, cheer up, it's okay. You'll see them again. Well, they may know that, but, you know, they miss them now. Okay? There's a right way and wrong. But you can still be. That doesn't mean if you get sad with them, now who's going to help? You can be joyful and be quiet and be helpful at the same time. Joy doesn't have to be always demonstrative out loud. It can just be, it's going to be okay. It's all right. We're going over. But joy is a fruit of the Spirit, and when you're filled with the Spirit, you're going to be happy. You're going to be joyful. It's a force. So all these things, when we talk about being filled with the Spirit, yes, you know, we talk about the initial filling and praying, but you need to maintain it, and we need to yield to God. We need to let Him edify us through the speaking in other tongues and building ourselves up. You need to walk in love. You need to flow with the Spirit of God. But as you flow with Him and stay full of the Spirit, you are equipped and ready to do what God has called you to do in whatever. If you're on your job, if you're, if you're called to business, if you're called to be a teacher, an engineer, you know, um, any, you're, you're in the home, whatever, you need to be full of God to do it. And if you're filled, filled with the Holy Spirit, then you can see things. You can know things. You can be, you can articulate things. You get ideas. And so we need that no matter what area we're in, we need to be filled. We need to be ready to do the ministry of God on the earth. Amen? Not just for a select few. It's for the body of Christ. Amen?